Welcome to Discourse, a podcast that explores multiple perspectives to think deeply and connect honestly with each other. I'm your host, Anne Song. And I'm Sarika Narayan Singh. Today, we are recording in Alexandria, Virginia. And the reason we're doing that is because Anne and I are presenting at a conference called the League for Innovation in the Community College. So the League for Innovations um, is a professional development conference and it's specifically for the industry of education so for our students who are not clear what professional development is this is an opportunity for professionals in the industry whether that's education hospitality and tourism medicine it doesn't matter every industry will have its own uh, pd conferences like this. This is where professionals can come together and learn about the best practices and find out innovative ways and innovative strategies to improve what they already have. So at the league specifically, educators, faculty, administrators are coming together and sharing what are some of the programs that are really working and setting up our students for success. It's really interesting to see some of the challenges that people are dealing with across North America in general. And it's great to see the innovations that are coming out. Anne and I, we presented our forum and it's called Podcasts, a Medium for Civil Discourse in the Communications Classroom. And can you give our listeners a quick summary of what our forum was really about? Absolutely. So in our interactive workshop, we showed educators and administrators across North America, uh, different ways in which they can use podcasts as a pedagogical tool to teach our students interpersonal skills. So we showed them how you can listen to podcast episodes to learn interpersonal skills that are absolutely necessary for civil and productive discussions. And to also in the creative process of podcasting, to practice and to demonstrate those interpersonal skills, practice engaging in civil and productive conversations. So Sarika, can you go through the specific interpersonal skills that we teach our students in the classroom and that we also talked about in our workshop? Sure, yeah. So just to give some context, our belief and our philosophy is that it's pretty unfair to assume that our students already walk into the classroom having these interpersonal skills. We explicitly break them down so that the students understand what that actually looks like and what it actually sounds like. So interpersonal skills really comes down to the ability to value another person's opinion, values, belief systems, and contributions, but not only that, to also then form effective working relationships so that you can achieve uh, shared goals. So the interpersonal skills that we specifically point out include the ability to listen carefully to correctly paraphrase others. And so that's so you don't misunderstand someone and take them out of context. The second interpersonal skill that we really emphasize is the ability to appreciate diverse perspectives, to understand and connect with other people. We also teach how to suspend judgment. And that means holding off on making an assumption or projecting stereotypes onto another person. We also teach students how to disagree agreeably. Um, I want to quote Courtney, who we met at the conference, and he said, you know, I don't have to accept what you believe, but I have to respect what you believe. And so it really comes down to not whether or not you agree with someone, but how you decide to disagree with them. We also teach students how to check that their own ideas have been logically and clearly and confidently expressed so that they themselves are not being misunderstood. And lastly, we also emphasize the importance of asking inquisitive questions. So letting your curiosity guide you, 
Even if you don't know a lot about a topic, don't let that stop you from getting to know more information about that topic. So Anne, if I understand you correctly, earlier you had said there's something unique about podcasting as a creative process, which allows students to consciously develop their interpersonal skills. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more for us? Absolutely. So interpersonal skills, these are obviously, like all of the specific ones we just listed, they can be developed over time. And hopefully students do develop those over time through group-based projects and project-based learning. There are so many ways in which our students can develop these interpersonal skills. But what's unique about the podcast as a medium is that it allows our students an opportunity to engage in a kind of theatrical and oral performance where they're thinking very carefully and self-consciously and self-reflectively of their audience and how they engage with that audience. So through podcasting, our students develop a very deep awareness of the audience. And the reason our students are able to develop this deep awareness of audience is because podcasting is a kind of performance, right? It's kind of like acting. We're voice actors, basically. And our students are now thinking, okay, I have a listening audience at the other end of this recording. How can I best communicate with them? What do I need to do to build credibility so they trust me? How can I respect them so I don't shut them out? What kinds of evidence pieces and perspectives do I need to include in order to ensure that they're on my side? So our students are clearly in a very self-conscious and self-reflective way thinking about their interpersonal skills and how they engage with others. They're also thinking about their voice, right? They get sometimes to hear their biases surface through that tone of voice. In, in that way, knowing that you're going to be heard is very different from knowing that you're going to be read. So it's in this process again that our students are able to improve their interpersonal skills. And I'm really glad that you brought up the student's voice and that self-awareness. I think what makes podcasting also unique and we should really amplify this point is that students have a semi-privacy to podcasting just like you and i when we podcast we have the ability to then listen to what we said and how we said it and to master our interpersonal skills and re-record if we need to so in our interactive workshop we actually got our attendees to create a podcast episode. So we did a fishbowl activity where a group of attendees and participants came together to actually experience podcasting. We just really wanted them to see, if you're gonna do this in your classroom, this is what it looks like. And I think a lot of people, when, they're, when they hear, oh, I'm gonna podcast or I'm making this podcast, people are often like, oh my goodness, that's so hard. How do you put all that tech together and how do you do it? But it's actually not that difficult. So we wanted them to experience this and we also wanted them to listen to their own voice and reflect on their own interpersonal skills. So we asked them a question. From your individual point of view, to what extent do you think educators should teach contentious issues in the classroom? And the answers were fascinating. Let's take a listen. Courtney Brazil, speech communication faculty from Eastfield Community College in Dallas. I'm Brian Ryan from Wake Tech Community College in Raleigh, North Carolina. Christina Scabera from Bellevue College in Seattle, Washington. I'm Marty Richards from Madison Area Technical College in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I actually took a course when I was in uh, grad school called uh, Communication and Pedagogy, actually teaching uh, 
me how to really kind of think critically about what my own teaching philosophy is. And uh, one of the bodies of work that we looked at was actually um, really thinking about having students discuss contentious topics in class and to really push them toward doing that. Uh, many instructors actually don't do it because they have a fear of losing control. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is when students go into the real world, there are going to be topics and things that they're going to have to address. And we want students to learn how to formulate their opinion. We want to be sure that they have those good interpersonal skills to learn how to respect uh, other people's perspectives, even if they do not accept them. So I think it's very important that we allow the classroom to be a platform to actually gain those skills, to start discussing things that may at times make them feel uncomfortable and that people at large have a stigma regarding. Some of us can't avoid contentious issues because that's actually you know what we teach. And I think exactly what you were saying about they're going to go out into the world and mm -hmm. confront these things anyways. And so um, we actually, it's kind of our responsibility to teach them how to frame their viewpoints. I always tell my students the difference between the guy on the corner yelling at everybody on the street corner yelling and you know an, op an opinion piece writer is that there's framework and evidence but it's actually all still opinion and it's all about how you frame it and analyze it and, and present it and so I think equipping students with the tools to still own their opinions but base it in reality and put it forth in a way that people can actually engage with it, um, I think that's equipping them with the tools to actually go back out in the world and, and be part of it. Yeah, I would say that um, the, the reason that I teach uh, contentious issues is because I do feel like these are life skills. These are mm -hmm. not just academic skills. Mm -hmm. um, to be able to listen completely and try and understand before the students make judgments when they read an essay that immediately they can tell they don't agree with you know and suddenly they're beginning to form uh, responses but they haven't even finished the first two paragraphs and so they haven't given the author a chance to ex you know get that point across and they don't understand and so it's a very hard thing I think for uh, us our students to sort of put on latex gloves and their white lab coats and try and understand, you know, just understand first, and then, you know, we can begin to challenge and question. Mm -hmm. but, but giving that chance to fully understand somebody mm -hmm. before you jump in and begin making judgments is a life skill, I think. My concern is that what seems to pass for discourse on contentious issues in the public um, now is not. It's, as you were commenting earlier, people shouting at each other on different sides. And when uh, either side of an issue, and, and the idea that there are two sides to every issue seems to have become the norm, too, when we know that there's a whole spectrum. And so um, I think that. Uh, our students should be able to go out and discuss these contentious issues in all their complexity, not by just adopting the persona of someone that they've seen on television or in politics. Mm -hmm. and, and unless we model that mm -hmm. in the classroom, they're going to, whatever they see in the world, in the wild, is, is going to be what they assume to be the case. But I think at least here in, in the United States, it seems like it's devolved into some kind of shouting match between people who don't listen to each other. And on the rare occasion that you see a couple of people on these shows actually listen to each other mm -hmm. and comment on facts associated with what they're talking about,
Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty amazing, really. Mm-hmm. Just add one more thought, which is like the whole point of education is to challenge your own assumptions. And so I think even if you don't teach contentious issues, you have to bring that in because the whole point here is to challenge that simply because you were raised with an ideology or you, you have faith and belief in this particular ideology, we should be challenging students' assumptions so they at least understand where their beliefs and knowledge are, you know, where it's coming from as opposed to just being the truth. And I, I think that's the whole point of education. And so we have to push students a little bit, well, no, into discomfort because they have to confront mm-hmm. where where is my knowledge coming from and recognize that for all of us it's it's based on a lot of different things and sometimes that's true-ish and sometimes it's not. And also uh, one of the things I want to share is I actually sh- show a video clip to my students when Oprah Winfrey went into an all-white town called Forsyth County, Georgia back in 1987. And for decades, not a single black person had been allowed to live there. And one of the things that Oprah said when she kind of went back and commentated um, about what that experience was like when she did that back in the 80s was that she didn't go into Forsyth trying to even convince those people there that black people should live there, but she just went in and wanted to understand why. Like, what is going on in your mind? What is going on in your psyche? Where in 1987, this is way after the civil rights movement, you are not allowing black people to live there. She also took a lot of criticism for not allowing blacks that were a part of the civil rights movement to be there. And she says, well, I didn't want them there, although her and the show took criticism, because how could you speak to why white people had not been allowed to live there? And so Oprah actually went into this entire white town where she even learned that some people that were there were not racist. They actually wanted to see change there. But that show could have completely lost control. And this was one of the shows that actually put Oprah on the map. But that was a very contentious topic, and she handled it very well because she just wanted to not win the debate with them, but just to understand why. There's, um, I'll pitch another um, podcast. There's Snap Judgment, if you're not familiar with it. Um, I recently heard one um, and it was called The Clan. The episode is called The Clan. And the first piece of that is about uh, an African American musician here in Maryland who decided to um, engage uh, members of the Klan and through dialogue with them over the course of um, several years, three successive um, grand wizards of the Klan in Maryland decided to stop and there is no clan in Maryland anymore in part because of that but the the gentleman the musician he's constantly people are saying why did you engage these folks and he's he said he didn't have any agenda other than understanding why they judged him without knowing him mm-hmm. and the more they both knew each other the more they realized that it did not make any sense and so I mean, he, he demonstrated, I think, that idea, like you were just saying with Oprah. You go in and you set up a situation where you listen, and things happen when, that, when you do that. And the reason I teach um, contentious issues um, in my classroom is that I want to teach students that they need to have facts. You know, what, what is your opinion, and how are you going to support it based on facts? And once they start, you know, looking at the facts, maybe their opinions may change. Mm-hmm. 
And that was fascinating. As Canadians, it's so refreshing to come down to the States and see that educators from the U.S. agree, yes, we should be teaching contentious issues, issues that arouse tension and controversy and debate, all the while teaching them interpersonal skills, and that this is so crucial to our students' academic performance, but also success outside of the classroom. And just to add to that, I think we... I mean, I know we definitely echo a lot of their sentiments, and I'm glad that we all agree that interpersonal skills are absolutely necessary to have these conversations so we can prepare our students to be responsible professionals and also active citizens in the large community. Okay, so we just want to extend a final thank you to Anne, Brian, Christina, Marty, Courtney, and Vicky for thinking deeply and connecting honestly with us. Thank you.